Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I am Josh. I am Andrew. I'm Garrett and I'm back. Yeah. I was trying to decide why which song that I wanted to be like, guess who's back, back again. Uh, I'm back and better than ever or uh, back in the saddle again. And I, I decided to go with none of them and just say I'm back. Get back. Uh, no. Get back no, to nobody likes where you once belong. Nobody likes that song. No, I was gone last week because it was my birthday. And uh, I had so many people that just wanted to celebrate with me that I was so busy, I just couldn't find time to watch Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> I was really tore up about it. <laughs> really upset that I missed that one. <laughs> How you doing, Josh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm back now. Yeah, From I didn't know. I, Andrew, did you know that we could just not watch the movies that we don't no, want to watch? No. Did you know that was an option? Hell no. That? Hey, well, well, I, I would have skipped on East Ventura. I would have skipped Grown Ups. <laughs> Who knew that it was a thing? Like, oh, I don't like that. I'm, I'm sorry watch. that I'm just so popular that people are like, Garrett, come join us and we'll celebrate your birthday. It'd be rude to say no. And I couldn't fit the movie in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you decided to be rude to the audience instead. That's fine. <laughs> I knew that you two What's had fine, it whatever, whatever. You two had it covered. That's fine. Did a great job, I assume. You don't know. I haven't listened to it Yeah, you don't know. I'm behind on all my podcasts. We went on vacation. A month ago. Well, <laughs> no, it's been less than that. I'm, it, I'm, it's it's almost. <laughs> it's almost a month. I am staying silent. Why? Because I'm shaming you. Yo, you're you're giving the silent treatment. Yeah, yeah. You're taking it a step further than Good. I am. Is that all it took? Did uh, you get him to be quiet? Was was this? Shame me always. I'll shame you all I want With to. The silent treatment. Shame on both of you. Always. How about that? Let's talk about Mission this Impossible. This week on the show, we're talking about Mission Impossible 3. Uh the threequel. The big three. The that's all I got. You got it. Starring the three amigos. Tom Cruise as the same guy. Uh, Philip Zemore Hoffman as the bad guy, and several others, including Billy Crudup, Ma- Michelle Monaghan, uh, Simon Pegg, his first one. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. Also, the first Mission Impossible movie to be directed by J.J. Abrams, and the first movie J.J. Abrams directed at all. So that's really exciting. Awesome. I was looking at, uh, we talked about, <clears throat> Andrew and I talked about J.J. last week, and how we were excited to get to this movie because it's his first People give J.J. a hard time, I think, just because he's popular. But I think he's a pretty good director. I mean, he's more he's more in line with, like, producing. I mean, when you see J.J. Abrams, you normally see him as producer, not director. So seeing, That's true. seeing him as a director, it's like, okay, well, maybe this might turn out a little bit differently. We don't know. Before uh, Mission Impossible, though, he uh, was known for TV. He uh, A lot of TV. He created Lost, which is cool. Lost. He created Alias. Alias. And he created Felicity. So those are those are three popular shows. Felicity. That JJ created before he moved on to film. And now he's Mr. Star Trek, Mr. Star Wars, and he's got the whole world in his hands. Let's not forget Super 8. I'm not sure what you're doing and why you're whispering everything. <laughs> yeah, I'm not either. It's very like... weird. <laughs> I don't like this, this bit. This bit needs to self-destruct in need five this, seconds. I don't like this, this, this bit. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So, yeah, when I was introing the movie, I was going to say this is starring, and we can see if this is fair to say, everyone's second favorite Tom. Because everybody loves Tom Hanks. That's the number one. But then I was like, who would be the second favorite Tom? And I was I couldn't think of anyone but Tom Cruise. That's true. Yeah. That's, who's, yeah. Another, who, who's another really, really popular Tom? I'm talking like, not, not Tom Hardy. I don't want to hear that. I knew you were thinking it. 
Tom Hardy is fine, but he's not that level. He's not next level super superhuman movie star. It's got to be Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I would think so. Everybody's second favorite Tom. Even if you don't like him, he's your second favorite. Yeah, I've had, you know, as we've been watching these movies, I continually say, I don't want to like Tom Cruise, but these movies make me like Tom Cruise. And I don't know if this matters or not, but IMDb, Tom Hanks is the fourth Tom. It's Tom Cruise, Tom Hardy, Tom Holland, Tom Hanks. Yeah, but like, but what order is that in? No idea. Couldn't tell you. What's it, What's the order? Oh, it sounds alphabetical. <laughs> now that I now that I say it out loud, uh, Cruise, Hardy, Holland, Hanks. No, it's not. Cruise, Hardy, Holland, Hanks. No, it's not alphabetical. No, it's not alphabetical. I don't know. Who knows? What, what did else? you search for? Just Tom? Just search Tom. Cruise, Hardy, Holland, Hanks. Mm-hmm. And then Hiddleston. It's probably search popularity within IMDb. Tom Cruise has a movie out now. True. Tom Hardy is Venom. That's coming out soon, and they just dropped a trailer recently. Tom Holland is Spider-Man. And Tom Hanks doesn't really have anything going on at the moment. That's true. So that could be search term popularity. Algorithms. Ah. Tom Hanks all the way. Okay. <laughs> Good contribution. <laughs> I don't know any other Tom, so let's talk about Tom. Yeah, so let's let's start. We'll have to. We'll make this. We'll go ahead and get this out of the way since we're the only two who can comment on it. Let's talk about the improvements from two to three. Everything. Real quick. Yes, everything. <laughs> I would agree with that. We start out. Uh, so the first two movies try to start out with some exciting nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was fairly successful, I thought, with the. The weird heist type situation. The second one had the mountain climbing, yeah, thing, which was like whatever. Yeah. I think it was just a showcase to show off what Tom Cruise can do on his own. But this one started out super strong mm. with that uh, forward in time interrogation scene. Mm-hmm. That was the best, I guess you could call it cold open because it happens before the the Mission Impossible thing. Oh yeah, that we've had yet. Mm-hmm. Very intense. No, I, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's very intense and it very. It, captures your attention pretty well yeah i mean there's no like it, it also shows off pretty much every main character that we're talking about within the next within the first yeah. couple of minutes yeah and it just makes me love philip seymour hoffman even more <laughs> i agree like there's there's no anyway we're gonna get into that yeah well and beyond that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, a much better villain than the oh second my God. than in my two who i can't even remember his name Doug uh, scott what was his, what was his character name though? Sean Ambrose. Yes, Ambrose. the uh, double agent. The right? double agent. Yeah, boring. Yeah. yeah, he sucked. Yeah, not cool. Philip Seymour Hoffman, much better. Oh yeah, uh, villain. Uh, he was just so creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. The action sequences I thought were better. There were no moments where it was so silly I laughed out loud like during MI 2s heli- uh, not helicopter, but the uh, the, the motorcycle chase the motorcycle scene. Jump. That was silly. This action was much better. Mm-hmm. And it's just generally a more interesting story. Yeah, I mean, like, I think what I think what Mission Impossible Three accomplishes uh, accomplishes way more than what Mission Impossible Two because Mission Impossible Three is what Mission Impossible Two was supposed to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Because like, I, I, after watching this movie, I'm like, okay, all of that made sense, and all of it it took its time. It took its time. It fleshed everything out, and there was. There was no, there was no plot holes. I mean, there. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there are plot holes. If there was, we didn't watch that close. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't notice anything. So, 
So one up on the Mission Impossible series. Good job. So now, back to the beginning. Let's talk about that opening scene, shall we? Uh, okay. I thought it was a much more interesting story structure to plant us in the middle of the action and then take us back in time. I always enjoy that in movies. The fact that it started off with, I put an explosive charge in your head, is like, what? Yeah. Like, that is crazy. And <clears throat> yeah, I obviously, I hadn't seen the second one. I wasn't part of that one. But in the first one, um, Tom Cruise really didn't, or Ethan really didn't get caught. Like, he kind of did, but like, here he's tied up. There's a woman that he clearly cares about who we don't know who it is yet, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, got a gun to his head. He's threatening to kill her. Tom Cruise, or Ethan is like, freaking out, panicking, actual concern, actual like, oh my goodness, you've got to stop this. Panic. And I I didn't see that in the first one. And it was a nice little deeper delve for me. Yeah, it's kind of a natural, uh, evolution of the character i think to see him at this point finally meet his match so to speak yeah in the first one he gets to show off why he's super super spy guy best action hero ever and now the third one he's vulnerable his fiance gets captured yeah no he's he's at his weakest point yeah and he's dealing with I mean, he he could he himself could die. Like it's a mm-hmm. uh, it it it's a very plot thickening device here. No pun mm-hmm. intended. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, no. It, everything within the first five minutes of this movie just sets everything off so so straightforward. I think what makes this one better than the other two is uh, for me, like overall, is that it's more <coughs> it's more character driven than story driven. The characters don't matter so much in 1 and 2 because it's just uh, Ethan Hunt doing spy things. But in this one, you have Ethan Hunt versus... Um, what's his name? Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. The bad, uh, Phil G. Mohan? Yeah. Owen. Owen, but what's his last name? It's like... It's like Dave, uh, It's almost like Davidson, but different. Davian. Owen Davian. Yeah. yeah. Owen Davian is his, own, is his own character that is very good to where, like, you almost don't care about what the what the uh, I don't want to say you don't care about the plot you do care about the plot but you care more about what these characters are doing within the story than what they're messing with Mm -hmm. like the second one is just ah he's got the chemical weapon but this one you get motivations it's just better Mm -hmm. no everything yeah I agree Uh, everything here it just just seems to flow very well based on how so again I've only seen up until as we're watching this series I've seen one and three now but before this I had only seen Ghost Protocol this is the next one in our series. And that one was really good. Um, I feel like this is a Fast and Furious kind of a situation where I I know that people really like the first one, but the first one, it was decent. I didn't think that it was great. It didn't grip me. It was cool. It had some moments. You guys have made it sound like 2 was not great at all. Uh, this one was really good. It's been my favorite of the ones that we've watched. And I know that 4 is good. I hear that 5 is decent and then i've heard nothing but great things about fallout which is out right now so i I think it's one of those that's like gets better as it goes on so maybe they you know as you let it it flesh out five is better than decent like i don't know who's telling you decent it's better than that okay it's uh it was good yeah five was i really liked five it's for me it's really just hold on to your pants from here on out mm -hmm. it doesn't i haven't seen fallout you have yes it doesn't dip again 
No. To in my opinion, okay. Over the next two. No. Th- this is where it really starts to rev up, like. Yeah. And it really starts to like, like the Mission Impossible series gains more momentum as it goes along. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the first one, like the second one, really is the worst. But like this one, I mean, especially in this one, we we see all those elements that we saw in the second one reversed. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Stakes are higher this time, too. Stakes are higher. And and, it, and that's weird, because we're talking about literal, like, biological warfare in MI2, mm-hmm. but they just didn't do a good job making the stakes high. It no. didn't feel high, but in this one, you've got uh, Davian putting explosives inside people's brains and, and hitting a button left and right, and that made the stakes feel a lot higher. I gotta tell you, like, when Carrie Russell died, or when Carrie Russell's character died... Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you. When Lindsay died in the movie, I thought that was very disturbing. And More it, disturbing than uh, uh, the Mighty case. Ducks coach getting yeah he's the coach right <laughs> getting smashed in the elevator. I, I will say this: that was one that had me like whoa. It's kind of an, like uh, Lindsay dying in the first in in the first what fifteen twenty minutes of Mission Impossible three was kind of an Something ode like to that first one. To, yeah, to it does, yeah, it is kind of a throwback. So I mean, they did, uh, they did do that, and I I felt like it set it up along the plot very well, but also just when I saw that, I remember it shocked me. It took me took me a little bit to realize what happened. Well, it was a little. I I get what you're saying. It was a little unexpected to like suddenly get hit with a a death of that magnitude. Like she's a special agent. Yeah. Who Tom Cruise or Ethan Hunt was tasked with saving, and he failed. And that's kind of crazy. I, for me, it was... Well, not hers. I guess it came in at the end um, when Ethan Hunt had the charge in his head. I totally forgot about it. Like, so much is going on at that point in time um, between the time that he gets the charge in his head to the point where he's going to rescue Julia that whenever it starts to kick in and it's activated, I was like, oh, I completely forgot that he had that in his brain. And it took it to a whole different level. Like, every time... And this is what I think the first one didn't do. And I, and I can't speak to the second one, obviously. But the, for me, the first one didn't really get exciting until they tried to steal the thing that they were trying to steal, the disc. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of dipped again, and then it picked back up. This one just kept going. Like, mm-hmm. any time that it felt like it was about to stall something else would happen. There would be another high scene. There would be another action scene. And it, and it continued to advance the plot. One thing that we you talked about in this one, uh, I don't remember what it was, but I, I was thinking about the rabbit's foot. Mm. We don't even know what the rabbit's foot does. No. no and like, it ends up, that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And that's the thing that's, throughout the whole movie that they're trying to yeah. get. And we don't, we just have this vague Simon Pegg theory about what it maybe could be because of a professor who used to talk about a thing that would bring down technology and be the end of us. But we have no idea what it does. And that's the point of this movie. Is that That's what they're trying to get, but it doesn't matter. It's crazy. Any favorite scenes? I love... Let's see. I love the plane interrogation. Mm-hmm. And also... When Tom about loses his cool? Yeah. Yeah. And, and also... Um, when they were making the mask of Davian, I thought that was awesome. Did the mask? I love those masks. Did they make those an appearance cool. in the second one? Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was wondering. It opens with someone pretending to be Ethan Hunt. Ah. Yeah. 
Yeah, when uh, I said... I love the mask thing. So the plane thing, I liked it because at the crux of what that was was Philip Seymour Hoffman's character just trying to get his name. Mm-hmm. Like, Ethan Hunt loses his mind, leans him out the plane, is cutting him loose. Uh, Luther, Ving Rhames' character is screaming, Ethan, Ethan, stop, this isn't you. And then they pull him up, and then he's like, at the end of that sequence, when he calls him Ethan, I was like, oh, yeah. oh no. Because we already know that he's going to get Julia. But at that point in time, he didn't know who Ethan Hunt was, but now he does. Oh, it's hardcore. It was so good. Yeah. I, uh, I had to, I really, there was one line that I really liked, which was, uh, it's unacceptable that chocolate makes you fat, but I've eaten my share. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. I do have one line. What's it? That I like. It's, uh, I think when Ethan was jumping, it was towards the end when Ethan was jumping and he made it. And Luther just said, he made it, he made it. I knew he'd make it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, so MI2, I also felt was lacking in the in the intensity that MI1 had. And I really liked seeing that come back from Mission Impossible 3, especially the scene where they have the, the uh, Davy and Doppelganger in the bathroom and they're trying to get the voice thing working and the guard is walking in and he's coughing and telling him to go back while the other guy's behind the door holding the real Davian. That was the intensity I missed in the second movie. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. So these movies make me paranoid to an extent. That everyone's wearing a mask. Well, not everyone's wearing a mask, but that at any point in time, someone is going to be a bad guy or a bad girl that you're not expecting. And in real life? No, in the movie. Oh. <laughs> and so I made like a snap. I'm trying to find it. Um, I made a snap judgment about the helicopter pilot guy. Uh, I don't know his name. But I said, I don't trust this guy. And here's and I, I went through all these reasonings as to why I didn't trust him. I said earlier, like in the first mission where they're going to rescue you, Lindsay, he's in the in the chopper by himself and they call him. And he's like, do you copy? And he goes, all I do is copy. So it made me think he's bitter and like, I need to be treated better and with more respect. These people are just having me sit in here, fly this chopper. I can do more. I can do more. And then when they're in the Vatican mission, um, he's Team Charlie. Like um, Ethan Hunt is Bravo or Alpha. Uh, Luther is Bravo. I guess Maggie Q, I don't know her name in the movie, but she was Delta. But I was like, he's going to be disrespected by the fact that he's Charlie. Um, And then he said, uh, in that same mission, I don't have anything to report other than I should be on time. He just sounded like he was bitter. And I thought, surely he's going to turn. And then he did not. And then I even got paranoid at the very, very end about Julia. I thought maybe she's like a rogue spy or whatever and is like, like trying to get to Ethan. And I was also wrong on that. But it makes me paranoid, and I don't trust these people. And then the people that I do trust turn out to be the bad guys every time. You know who I really liked seeing in this movie? Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Yes. I was Aaron Paul was a very fun cameo. I was going to say something. It's not a cameo. He was not famous at all, and it was probably like, oh, I got a gig. Yeah. yeah. But in 2018, it feels like a Jesse Pinkman cameo. Because <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like a tweaker. Yeah. And, but I, I guess Aaron Paul always kind of looks like a tweaker whenever he really wants to. Yeah, I guess. You know, uh, during that Vatican mission, there's two things that popped up in my mind. Whenever he was rappelling down that rope, that line, 
into the into the uh, shades over the wall. Of the first one, yeah, shades yeah. of the first one. And the other thing is, is that the fact that when uh, Ethan Hunt dresses up as a as a priest, um, I should note that Tom Cruise at one Man, point I- in time. Go ahead. He actually considered to be a priest. Oh, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. Tom Cruise at one point in time actually considered priesthood. He was <laughs> in the priesthood. What did that have to do with anything? Because he looked like a fun like fact. A, that's a fun fact. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. I mean, it's just I'm just like you know, kind of a kind of a clever twist of fate there. If there was one thing I didn't like, I didn't care much for seeing Michelle Monaghan's character being uh, kind of just demoted to being a damsel in distress. Mm-hmm. That's always kind of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she basically was there just to be caught. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's a that's a bummer. But that's one of my few complaints. I thought it was overall a good movie. Um, I wish we saw Luther a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I wish there was more involvement with him. I wish we saw Simon Pegg a little bit more. We will. I know we will, but I wish we did now. So. I want him now. I didn't necessarily care for the ending. I thought it was a little too... It was very anticlimactic. Uh, yeah. It ended kind of on a... Bu- like, not a bummer note, but like with everything that went through, it was just like them walking through the IMF and everyone's like, look at her, and they just saunter off into the distance. And I was like, that was a lame ending. Mm-hmm. Really didn't live up to much I think it would have been interesting <clears throat> had he got the Mexico thing I don't remember what it was I don't, or where it fell into the storyline but like he got another call at some point in time and I think it would have been neat if he would have just got like a phone call at the end or something to kind of like lead it on but whatever yeah they I like that they bro- kind of broke the fourth wall and recognized how stupid the mission impossible force sounds yeah because <laughs> it's dumb there's a dumb federation to have um and at the at the end after he rescued julia he was like i'm an agent with the imf what's that stand for impossible mission force and she's like what <laughs> what are you i liked do? that what are you gonna do you gotta you gotta deal with what the creators gave you yeah, yeah. Did anybody see Musgraves coming as a bad guy? Because I didn't. That surprised me. when he, No, I didn't. They set it up so well for it to be Lawrence Fishburne's character that when he sat down, I was shocked. Like, verbally shocked. Like, I said, holy shit. Yeah. Because like, I was not ready for that. Well, like, he's, I mean, he's health, he's healthing. He's helping Ethan out. And I thought it was really kind of cool how he mouthed the words. To Ethan, yeah, they set that up earlier with him being able to read lips. That was cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, you, you kind of gain his trust a little bit, and then all of a sudden, boom, he comes right in, and he's a bad guy, a big bad guy. Mm-hmm. Was also surprised when it wasn't Julia that they shot, and that she was also wearing a mask. That's that was a big shock as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those are those were like two of the biggest twists that had me going. Philip Seymour Hoffman's death was pretty crazy. Like, I knew he was going to die, but I didn't know it was going to be like that. Yeah. And he, they're fighting in the middle of the street, and Tom Cruise just rolls over, and then, bam, hits him with the truck. Mm. Are we about ready to, to move on to guessing scores and assigning scores? Sure. We got any other things we want to add? Not really. I, I think that this, for me, what I liked most about this movie is each time that they had some kind of heist or escape, whether it was going after Carrie Russell, uh, or the Vatican, or uh, I, there was like um, 
breaking in to the building to get the rabbit's foot. Like each action sequence and heist thing was so good and entertaining and suspenseful in its own way that it just really set it up to be an action. Like even whenever he's just running from one building to another and he's talking to Simon Pegg on the phone, they just did it all so well. And and it really, really worked for me. And this is the first one that I was like, this is, this is a really good movie. And I'm, and I'm now excited for this franchise. Mm -hmm. The first one didn't get me excited about it. The second one, I don't think would have got me, got me feeling it either. So now I'm stoked and ready to go. For four, five, and six. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, it it's funny you mention it because, like, like the other two, pe- like the other two movies were directed by people who were very seasoned. I mean, we had the first one was Brian De Palma, and the second one was John Woo. And we were talking about John Woo, how John Woo is he's mainly an action director. Like his his films are mainly, if you ever watch any of his Hong Kong movies, his movies are very like action oriented, and in a sense, they're fun. It doesn't work for Mission Impossible um, for for this franchise, and for Brian De Palma, um, he works in a bit of a different realm, I believe. So to have J.J. Abrams come in, who's new blood and never directed a movie before, and just kind of completely blow blow everything out of the water, I feel is like a huge. Uh, a huge leap forward for a franchise as, as important as this. Sometimes you need that young blood yeah. to mm-hmm. put some, I don't know, oomph into it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it really revitalized it. It made it feel fresh again. Yeah. Well, it was good. Yeah. So Mission Impossible 3 was released May 5th, 2006. That was a good year. It went on to gross $134 million in the United States and just under $400 million worldwide. It opened at number one... To the tune of $47 million. Number one. The other movies in the top ten that week include number two, <laughs> RV, starring <laughs> the late, great Robin Williams. It's actually not a bad movie. Mm. Is that the one with JoJo? Yeah. Okay. It's watchable. It's a watchable. Is it fam- it's a family movie, right? It's a yeah, family I think movie. so. It's watchable. I've never seen it. Three is an American haunting. Never heard of that. That I'm not familiar with either, but you would assume it's a scary movie. It sure looks like a scary movie. Starring Sissy Spacek and Donald Sutherland. Hmm. Number four, we've got Stick It. I also don't know what that is. Doesn't look great. <laughs> huh. Stars Jeff Bridges. Number five is United 93. Number six is Ice Age The Meltdown. Number seven. Se- yeah, I totally lost track of numbers. Number seven is Silent Hill. Number eight is Scary Movie 4. Which Ooh. I thought was funny. You would. Number nine is <laughs> number nine is Aquila and the Bee, and number ten is Hoot. What was number nine? Aquila and the Bee. I've never heard of that. Really? What is that? The one with Samuel L. Jackson, or or not Samuel L. Jackson? Denzel, or uh, maybe it is Samuel L. Who's in that one? Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne and uh, Angela Bassett. Okay. It's about a spelling bee. Yeah. And that's the top ten movies of two thousand six. What was number ten? You, you came out well. Uh, Hoot. Which is based on a book. Okay. I've never heard of that. You said 2006 was a good year. So let's look at 2006 as a whole, because that, that top 10 wasn't a good one. <laughs> 2006 as a whole, the top grossing movie was Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, which is the second? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nine to, nine, 
Night at the Museum, Cars, mm. X-Men The Last Stand, The Da Vinci Code, Superman Returns, Happy Feet, Ice Age of the Meltdown, Casino Royale, and The Pursuit of Happiness. Are you sure that's a good Are year? Are you sure it's it a good It was a good year, year for me. <laughs> okay, that's All right. Because, yeah, I mean, on that list, I like... I, I don't mind Pirates 2. Uh, the first night at the museum is fine. Uh, I like Casino this, Royale is good. I think Casino Royale on that. On that. And well, I, I didn't see The Pursuit of Happiness, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to watch Happy Feet. Ice Age. I like the first Ice Age. I don't know about The Meltdown. Superman Returns is meh. The um, Code is meh. X-Men The Last Stand is hot garbage. It's a toss-up between Casino Royale and The Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness is so good. Yeah. So. Where did Mission Impossible? Oh, Mission Impossible 3 came in at number 14 for right, the year. Right above The that? Departed. So. Great film, by the way. Let's, what What do you think the score is going to be on this one? The last one was, what did what it was, was it, 50, it was high 50s, I think? I thought it was like 55. That's high 50s. Yeah. It's mid 50s. It's middle-aged. We're going to fight about this, aren't we? <laughs> Just got to keep correcting <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Mission Impossible 3 stands at? I'm going to go with a 70. Okay. that's That was right about where I was going to go. I'll go. I'll up you to 72. Man, now I'm questioning because I was going to throw it in the 80s. Ooh. I'll go... I'm going to go with 80. Okay. 70. Ah! Cheater, cheater, pumpkinator. <clears throat> I did not cheat on that one. Yeah, because mm-hmm. cheaters obviously admit when they cheat. I do all not. Of, because of the fact that you cheated for like the first <laughs> 10 episodes, You all of your, your right answers have an asterisk next. You're basically the Barry Bonds of yeah. this show. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, okay. I finally guessed one right. What well, would everybody rank it on a scale of uh, one to five? Head, ex- head, head explosives, yeah. <laughs> I give this one a four and a half out of five. I gave it a four. I gave it a three and a half. Neat. <laughs> well, that wraps that up. Um, next week, we'll be back with Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. I like how at four, they just went, eh, forget the numbers, and just yeah. started giving them uh, yeah. Mission Impossible colon title instead of, you know, five yeah. or four or six. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they did that. I don't know, but um, Ed, I think it works out okay. I guess so. We'll be back then with Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Find us online at facebook.com slash so many sequels pod. Instagram at so many sequels pod. And always you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and on SoundCloud. Leave us a little rating and review. We enjoy that. And tell us what you think of the episodes in the Facebook posts. We enjoy that too. Talk to us. We're talkative peeps. We wants to hear from you and mm-hmm. have a conversation, yo. Yep. That was cool sounding, right? <laughs> Reaching out to the youngins. That'll do. We'll see you next week. Until then. Gary, you need to watch Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> <laughs> terrible segue out. <laughs> it's staying. <laughs> <laughs>